Welcome to The Thing About Austin, a podcast about Jane Austen's world. I'm Zan. And I'm Diane. And this episode, we're talking about the bath paper. We are thrilled to welcome our guest today, Barbara Heller. Barbara Heller's career in film and television encompasses finding furnishings and props for many shows, including The Americans and When They See Us, location managing films for Francis Coppola, Nancy Myers, and Barbe Schroeder, and directing award-winning short films that have played at festivals around the world, including Cannes, Berlin, and Sundance. To satisfy her curiosity, she reported on why hotels fold the end of the toilet paper into a point for NPR. She graduated from Brown University with a degree in English literature and lives with her son in New York City. Barbara is also the curator of the special edition Pride and Prejudice, the complete novel with 19 letters from the character's correspondence written and folded by hand, and the forthcoming special edition of Persuasion in the same style, published by Chronicle Books and available on October 4th. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I also have so many questions about location managing for a Nancy Myers movie, just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole do. other episode. Sure. <laughs> well, we are starting our conversation today with a reference from Persuasion. Anne Elliott has recently arrived at Bath and is settling into the routines that her father and sister have established. Part of the routine, it would seem, is reading portions of the daily newspaper. So this is from the text. The Bath paper one morning announced the arrival of the Dowager Viscountess Dalrymple and her daughter, the Honorable Miss Carteret, and all the comfort of number Camden Place was swept away for many days, for the Dalrymples, in Anne's opinion, most unfortunately, were cousins of the Elliots, and the agony was how to introduce themselves properly. I love the aside about Anne, you know, in her opinion, most, most unfortunately, unfortunate. <laughs> right? Because there's that whole tension in the novel between Anne's feeling about the nobility and how unearned the privilege is, and it just reestablishes her disdain for the nobility. Mm, yeah. yeah. She's like, really? Do we have to deal with the Dalrymples? <laughs> And then her father has to kowtow, you know, really toady like Mr. Collins yes. in order to ingratiate himself. Yeah, it's like it's like Anne sees it all happening, flashing before her eyes as soon as he's like, oh, they're here. And he's like, and she's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so, Barbara, in this section, Austin only mentions the bath paper. Do we know what paper Sir Walter is reading in particular? I think we can feel pretty confident that it was the Bath Chronicle. It came out every week on Thursdays. It appealed to the gentry and the titled and the aristocracy because it really looked after their interests. Mm. And it ran a column called Arrived Here, which listed in order of importance who that week had you know, was visiting Bath. And I asked an archivist in Bath, how did the newspaper find out who had come to town? And she said that people signed in at the pump room, that there was a log. Unfortunately, those logs no longer exist, but that is most likely how the paper got their information. 
So when I first looked up the Bath Chronicle and found the arrived here column, there was a Lady Dalrymple listed Mm -hmm. just in the very first (laughs) one I, I looked at. But the other reason we can, I think, feel confident that it was a Bath Chronicle is Jane Austen, in a letter that she wrote in 1799 when she was in Bath, wrote, there was a very long list of arrivals here in the newspaper yesterday so that we need not immediately dread absolute solitude. And there's a public breakfast in Sydney Gardens every morning, so we shall not be wholly starved. And then they also, when her family was looking for a new place to live in Bath, they found their next residence advertised in the Bath Chronicle. Okay. Well, and it sounds too that like you had to kind of almost self-report in that login at the, at the pump room so that you, you could be announced in the Chronicle as an arrival. And of course, Sir Walter, snob that he is, is probably very attuned to that ranking as well. He's looking only at the top of the new arrivals because those are the fancy people. Yeah, Sir Walter's not reading through the bottom of the list. Right. He only cares about the people at the very top of the list. Yes, yes, exactly. It is so funny to me, just this image of Sir Walter and Elizabeth. You can just imagine them at the breakfast table, pouring over the paper and just the excitement. Like, oh, <laughs> some fancy people. And we know them. <laughs> what a thrill. Oh, goodness. Well, one thing that was so odd when I was reading a lot of editions of the paper is when they would report on something, for example, you know, a piece of social news, it could be followed by something really horrendous. So I'm going to read this one out to you. At the Berkeley Hunt Ball on Thursday, 300 persons of the first distinction were present. The elegance of the supper was the theme of general admiration. The dancing commenced between 9 and 10 o'clock and continued till near daylight. A child was last week birthed to death at Frome. Whiplash there. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that just so odd? Yeah. There was a lot of that. Just reporting this incredibly tragic thing, matter-of-factly, right next to... A ball? Yeah, a ball, like a little society wow. thing. No, yeah. there could be, you know, someone's gun jammed and went off and killed two people. And then, you know, Lady Atworth left yesterday for the continent. <laughs> wow. That is very peculiar. That is interesting. Oh, the bath paper. Yeah. <laughs> very eclectic, apparently. Well, it was. You know, it had poetry by Sir Walter Scott. It reported you know, the international news that it picked up from the London papers. It had bankruptcies the price of vegetables and meat at the market, births, deaths, marriages. And you said this is a weekly, this is a weekly thing that's coming out. Yes, every Thursday. So it's got, it's got a week to collect whatever bits and bobs about Bath it can. Yeah. And it also advertised all of the theater, the concerts, the balls, the dances. So it's really fun to go through. And in addition to the arrived here column, where I also snuck in a few people that may be recognizable from some of the other novels. <laughs> a little Easter egg. <laughs> she just, yes. yes, she just might happen to be visiting Bath. I really wanted to find ads and items that, you know, related to Persuasion or to some of Austen's other novels. For example, in the Married column, there's Thursday at Gretna Green, William Finch, Esquire of St. Hansen, you know, to Miss Coles. So I just thought, that really made me think of Lydia and Mrs. Bennett, who says that, you know, it was in the papers, but not properly. She says it didn't, it didn't say anything about who her parents are. And so I yeah. thought that was kind of fun. We see that Sir Walter is obviously scanning the newspaper 
for all of the arrivals of Bath, you know, but what other sort of information? I, you've, you've listed some, but what are some of the things that you would find in kind of an average weekly edition of the Bath Chronicle? Well, in addition to a roundup of international and national news, the advertisements were also very important. Uh, a lot of boarding schools and positions for, for a governess, and the boarding schools reminded me of Emma, right, That's Mrs. Goddard's true. school. And it was interesting to see, you know, they cost 20 to 30 guineas a year, which is Quite a, quite a bit extra for laundry, extra if you want to learn the harp. Oh, well then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, you know, the, the coaches to, to London were, were advertised. One pound if you, wanted, if you were okay sitting outside, two pounds if you wanted to be inside. Okay. And of course, advertisements, you know, Austin's family found their home through the Bath Chronicle. And Sir Walter, of course, did not want to advertise his home. Right. But there are many homes advertised, and I include one in what I recreated. Mm-hmm. One of the advertisements, this is, this is just like, because you're talking about advertising, and I think it's fascinating. We had an episode a couple of weeks ago about Gowland lotion oh, that, yeah. that Sir Walter is obviously huge fan of. <laughs> <laughs> really into it. And the actual product, Gowland really did do... They, they ran advertisements in the Bath Chronicle. So it makes sense that we're seeing this the very posh product that he's into mm-hmm. is also being advertised in the Bath Chronicle. That makes sense. And I just, I think the advertising tells you so much about the paper and the Who the audience the culture. is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then in Persuasion, they go, of course, to the all-important concert where Wentworth and Anne almost sort things out. There was a moment. There was a moment. <laughs> so... In every edition of the paper I looked at, there was an ad for the concert that week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people could have a subscription for the whole season, but you could also buy individual tickets. Same with the, there were so many dances and balls. That was a happening place. Definitely. It was a happening place. But yeah, the fact that, the fact that there's always something going on, you were spoiled for entertainment options in Bath, weren't you? A <laughs> little, little bit of a playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the real marriage market, right? Yeah. One thing that is funny to me, just in thinking about Sir Walter, you know, again, feverishly looking at the paper for the most vaunted arrivals. <laughs> and I am in no way trying to say that Anne Elliot and Sir Walter are the same. So please don't email me, people who are listening. <laughs> but it is funny that we have that line early on in Persuasion, where we learn that Anne has been tracking Wentworth yes. via the newspapers mm-hmm. and Navy lists. And here yeah. we have Sir Walter and Elizabeth just so excited yes. about this announced arrival in the newspaper of the Viscountess Dalrymple <laughs> and her daughter. So, so I like that there's a bit of continuity there yes. in terms of getting updates about people that are important to you from the newspaper. Right. You know, like it's yeah. the Regency equivalent of the updated Facebook status oh, or yeah. Instagram post or, yeah, or whatever. It's how you, you know? like follow the details of people that you're interested yeah. in. It's, it's your social media. Of course it is. And of course... Y- Austin also writes that for the Elliots, you know, they don't go to the public entertainments. They go to these insipid private card parties mm. where Anne is bored out of her mind and where she's <laughs> not going to see Wentworth. But having the arrival of Lady Dalrymple, if she will draw them into her orbit, then they go up a rung mm-hmm. or two. And of course, that's all they live for is... Uh, as being snobs. And then at the end, when they're robbed of their followers, right? 
of uh, Mrs. Clay and, you know, it's who, who's going to be obsequious to them. Yeah, very true. And I also think it's, it's interesting that Lady Dalrymple is essentially cut from the same cloth they are. The fact that he is fawns and, and, and she accepts it and wants it. And she says, yeah, she just kind of is like, yes, I will accept your obeisance as my due. And I don't have to do anything to deserve this, but I like having you in my, in my orbit, you know? Well, Sir Walter is basically playing Collins to oh, her, yeah. Lady Catherine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great comparison. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Even though Sir Walter thinks of himself as very fancy. I just love that, you know, Sir Walter's just really thinking about, okay, what am I going to write in this letter? It's, it's got to be like a really good letter. And, you know, we get this kind of description of the fact that Lady Russell and Mr. Elliot are kind of like, oh. Cringe. Yeah. Yes. It's a little bit cringy. Just the line, neither Lady Russell nor Mr. Elliot could admire the letter. <laughs> yes, it says volumes. It's that lovely understatement. But it did all that was wanted. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I don't care how low I have to go. I want her to acknowledge me. Well, and like you were saying, Barbara, I feel like from what we know of Lady Dalrymple, she probably loved that letter. She was like, this is a great letter. Yeah. <laughs> I love everything about this. Oh, I think so too. It gave her her due and it was someone who then she could sort of tweet a little a little badly yeah well there's really nothing redeeming about sir walter is there can we think of anything well he's very good looking barbara i mean <laughs> did you miss that memo? <laughs> he's very handsome he has an excellent collection of looking glasses okay because <laughs> even mrs even i mean mrs bennett despite all her flaws you you feel for her yeah. She's just doing her best. <gasps> yeah. But Sir Walter, you really... Uh... He's so self-centered. Well, it's... Okay. We have definitely a lot of sort of negligent parental figures sure. in Austin. Mm -hmm. But Sir Walter is... He's not kind and he's not even... He has no redeeming qualities. He's a spendthrift. He's mean to his daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Just very, very selfish. Well, that's, and what's kind of interesting, you know, to kind of take it back to this kind of the Bath Chronicle, and we're talking about all of these like other en entertainments that are also being kind of on offer for, for him and for people who are in Bath. It's interesting to think about that also in terms of like, you know, the whole purpose of them going to Bath is to retrench. Well, it's interesting when she, when Elizabeth has the card party, and she talks about how she didn't want to have a dinner yes. because the Musgroves would see that they didn't have very many, very many number of help to, to wait mm -hmm. on the dinner. So she, she does something afterwards. But one thing I learned in my research when Elizabeth delivers her invitations, her card, and Austin is very specific when she says the card said, you know, Miss Elliot at home. And when I looked at cards, a lot of them just said at home printed on it, like a invitation you'd buy a pack of, and then you would write in your own name and the name of your guests. Really, only the cards of titled people that I saw had printed on it, lady so-and-so at home. So I think Austin is being really telling us that she, Elizabeth, spent the money yeah. and cares about handing it a card uh, that has her name printed on it. Not conserving there. She's got to go for broke, Not <laughs> perhaps <laughs> literally, to get the fanciest cards. And Anne, who sees through it, looks at the home that they're so proud of and is like, it's nothing compared to, to Kel Lynch. That's sort of Anne's whole thought while everybody is over themselves, you know, about Lady Dalrymple coming into town. She's just kind of like, why? 
why are we all in such a dither about <laughs> this person that we don't even know? Like, <laughs> And he turns out not to be good company, right? She yeah, has no exactly. conversation. She has nothing interesting to say. Yeah. And it takes place against, you know, the background of the Napoleonic, the end of the Napoleonic Wars, when, like the Crofts, people who don't have an exalted background but have skill and merit can come up in the world. And you see it in the Arrived Here column, you know, how the admirals and the people from the military and from the Navy are sprinkled in through throughout the list. Right. The Bath Chronicle then, you know, in addition to reporting on the most illustrious arrivals <laughs> would also be, you know, reporting on if somebody really important or fancy gave a party, that sort of thing. So like those would be the kinds of events that Sir Walter and Elizabeth, one would assume, would wish to be at, like the kind that are going to make the cut of being mentioned in the Bath Chronicle. Yes. And I think, uh, you know, the marriage announcements, who's traveling, who's given birth, who's died. Even when they write about who's died, some people get a few lines talking about how loved they were and how much they'll be missed. And other people, it's just a name. And in the wedding announcements, too, when it's someone who's the daughter of someone prominent, they'll describe it a bit, the anticipation, the excitement, whereas, you know, other people just, it's merely the mention of the wedding. Right. So I, it, it is sort of baked into to the tone of the, of the paper. I, I think that, you know, you mentioned the tone of the Bath Chronicle, and I think that that is, it's central, right, to the way that, the way that they're consuming it, the way that it's distributed. I think, you know, because I, I love the way that periodicals work. It's one of my really nerdy things that I love. And so the fact that you've identified a specific tone for the whole paper, where it's like, we just want fancy pants people to read our stuff, <laughs> and we want fancy <laughs> pants people to want to be part of our stuff. Like, it's all very cyclical. And the way that we are seeing Sir Walter consume it, the way that we're seeing him engage with it in this novel, just kind of is that cherry on top that just kind of really does bring it all together, what you're saying, Barbara, about this is what this paper is about, and this is what Sir Walter is about, and it is not incidental that Austen is, is pairing these things. So we would love to talk to you a little bit about your edition itself, this beautiful edition of Persuasion that you've put together. For your specific piece of the Bath Chronicle that you've included in your edition, how did you kind of go about deciding what to include? And I can see you're making some connections to other Austin novels and, and things like that. Yes. So I really wanted to surround it with the ads and items that did relate to other Austin novels. I mentioned the Gretna Green, the theater. Charles Musgrove is going to get a box for the theater, and then it turns right. out it's the same night as Elizabeth's party. And there's a notice about a cook from Mullins who's changing establishments because uh, it's raining and they duck, in, they duck into Mullins. Love it. Yes. A young person advertises to be a companion to a lady or to be a governess in a private family. She understands French and is taught it grammatically and been in the habit of instructing young ladies. This is a Jane Fairfax nod, perhaps. I thought that was a Jane Fairfax. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I ask, there's one particular ad that I yes. love, but I also have like no idea what it's talking about. And that's the one that is the Panharmonicon, The oh, Power no. of Music by Mechanism. Because this is, again, this is like, it's this very, I do research on mechanical music. 
You can see I've got gramophones <laughs> behind me. So this, like, I saw this and I was like, I need to know more. <laughs> so <laughs> do you have more information on that? Because I think it's fascinating. Well, I included that one about the autonomous musical instruments. Yes. Because I love Evelina by Fanny Burney. Mm. And she, when she goes to London to the exhibition, she sees mechanical instruments. Uh-huh. So that was my, my that nod. That one's for you. To, Just for you. For, to Evelina. I love that. That's so great. But I did, you know, I'll look up because there was a review of it in one of the editions. So I'll, I can find that and I'll send it to you because they do go into more detail awesome. about about how it creates the music and what the music was like. I just love that. That It was just such a lovely treasure for me because that's my niche nerdery. <laughs> to be like, so what is this coolness? So Barbara, it's, um, obviously, the more time that you spent with the Bath Chronicle, you probably got a large list of types of advertisements or types of articles or things like that. Did you have a larger list that you kind of had to work from and be like, these are the ones that I actually really want to include? I did. And especially... There were news items about, you know, what was happening in America that I that I thought were were interesting, and I couldn't really include those. Other, I had an ad for a boys' boarding school. I had a notice that said, "Whereas Mary, my wife, has left me without any reasonable cause, I hereby give notice that I will not re- be responsible for any debt or debts she may hereafter contract." Dated the 2nd of January, 1850, the mark of X, Joseph Wheeler. That kind of reminded me of the mayor of Casterbridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I had some theater reviews where they give really Beeping. specific, uh, well, yeah, really specific. He's too young to take on Hamlet. Uh-huh, you know? right. He really needs, he really is, he's, he's emoting too much and it's not, it's not subtle enough, but he has the prospect of greatness, you know? The possibility is there. <laughs> Well, it does make you feel connected to the time because, yeah, yeah, because they are so relevant to the world of her novels. So very of its time and the concerns of the time and the consumption of the time. And And she does refer to a lot of printed material in the novel. You know, there's the the Baronetage, which I, you know, create an excerpt from. And then as it's sort of opposite is the naval list because that really is the meritocracy. And that was, you know, fascinating too. And so I created several pages of of that. So you do see how they engage with, you know, the different periodicals and media. And how did you decide as you were as you were going through the novel? Like, how did you decide? Okay, this is going to make the cut as one of the inserts. Well, you know, at first when I was thinking about it, even though I'd read Persuasion, you know, many many times, all I could really think of was Wentworth's letter and. Um, Mary Musgrove's letter that she she writes, which is where she just complains about it. And but yes, because in your because your first because you did a, an, an edition of this that was Pride and Prejudice, and it's gorgeous. And you've done all of the really wonderful detail work on postage and how those letters are delivered. And in this in this edition, you do a lot more apart from those letters. Yes, there are only three letters. You know, one of them is William Elliot's, which, you know, that whole plot is a little cumbersome there. You know, his letter sort of explaining everything. So there's only three letters. So I really had to comb the book to find enough items that would, you know, make it worthwhile to do 
an addition that created those elements. And then I was surprised when I really read it carefully because like the mention of the bath paper is so small, mm-hmm. you know, whereas the letters, of course, take up paragraphs when you read them. So I really read it several times in order to find, and I didn't, of course, know, like when she mentions the Navy, they went for a Navy list. I, have, I had nothing to picture, you know, right. I, I didn't know at <laughs> yeah. all. So that was fun to see. And I don't think I'd ever looked at a Baronetage before. <laughs> it's not your favorite novel like it is Sir Walter's. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the families that I included, because besides the Elliot's entry, there's two parts of other entries. It says at the end that they trace their lineage back to Adam and Eve, which is why I included it. Because that just is, that even trumps Sir Walter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is some... That's a big claim. That's a very big claim. That's right. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> well, and I and I just I loved that I loved all of the little details that you decided to pull out because they are so fun. So like the navy list, I loved getting the the concert list. You know that oh, that Anne is, yeah. Anne is at. There's just so many lovely tangible parts of this that come to life in a different way when you're able to physically get kind of a facsimile or a, or, or, or a physical manifestation. Yeah, because they are things that the characters actually handle, handle and yeah. see and interact with. It all takes you down a rabbit hole of sure. research that you spend way too much time. <laughs> we feel that. I was going to say, this is exactly the kind of nerdery that Diane and I live for, right? We're into it. <laughs> well, Barbara, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about the bath paper, mm. the bath paper, as it were. and sharing with us a little bit more about this lovely edition. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online, where they can find the book, all that good stuff? I have a website at barbaraheller.org, because barbaraheller.com was taken. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on Instagram at barbaraheller.letters. And the book is already ready for pre-order everywhere. Yes, you can pre-order it everywhere. It's coming out on October 4th. Excellent. And also, you know, I just want to mention, uh, I also have a special edition of Little Women. Yes, that's right. Yes. And that has a real variety of elements, too, because it was 50 years later, so there was a lot more stationary and choices. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Thank you again to Barbara Heller for joining us for today's discussion. You can find us on Instagram at thethingaboutaustin, and on Twitter at Austin underscore things. You can also check out our website, thethingaboutaustin.com, and email us at thethingaboutaustin at gmail.com. And stay tuned for next episode, where we will be talking about Michaelmas. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.